my man Jalen Noel is in the house. Uh, I'm really happy to have you, bro, because the first time I heard about you was from Trey Simmons. Um, you know, uh, you were at Garfield. He said, hey, uh, you got to check this kid out. His name's uh, Jalen Noel, you know, and, and I'm from Vancouver. So Seattle is like our region, you know, Northwest. Um, and, and Jamal Crawford, you know, he was like, yo, you got to watch this guy. Because I always do film study. I always break down tape. Like, you got to check this kid out, man. And then that's when I saw you. I saw the athleticism. I saw you, you know, you were a two-way player right away, you know, getting after it defensively. But you also had that skill set that the Seattle guys have where you could shoot the ball, you could handle the ball, and you could, you know, break it down, get nasty with it. You remember Tony Roten? Yeah, that was a – that was the big homie, for sure. He was my age, so you might – I played against him in high school. You reminded me so much of Tony Roten um, when I first saw you, man, and, and it's just an honor to have you on, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, bro, for real. So – this is dope because, you know, you're in that stage, a crucial stage of your career where, you know, you're making your way in the league. Um, you know, you ended up in a really good situation where they've utilized you pretty well, you know, off that bench, your key piece, uh, you know, and, and have you in your mind found your, your role in the league uh, this early in your career? Are you still 22 or are you turning 23 this year? Uh, I just turned, I just turned 23 like a couple of weeks ago. All right. Happy belated, bro. So, hey. How has this transition been in these first few years coming in? Um, I was actually watching the game against the Celtics where you had 29. You dunked on, I think it was Cantor. <laughs> you dunked on someone. Um, but like, talk, talk, take me through these last last few years, man. Oh, so I'll take you to I'll take you to rookie year because um, that's where it all started. Yeah, um, rookie year it was a whole lot of you know G League action. Um, I think I only played like 11 games in the league my uh, rookie year. So, you know, I didn't I didn't come in and just had the opportunity handed to me like right off the bat. Um, they actually like had, that year I was the 43rd pick. They had Jared Cobra, they chose him in the first round. And um, so, you know, we kind of played kind of the similar position. He was like the two, three. Um, I was looked at more as a two, just a two when I came in, just like a shooter, mm -hmm. um, which I don't know why. I they thought I was just like a spot up, a spot up shooter, um, which I was just like, okay, they're probably just looking at the percentages. They're not really looking at my game. So, yeah. you know, I, I I just took that with a grain of salt. Like, well, this is not all that I am. And I had to just prove to them and show them that I wasn't. Um, so, you know, when, we, when I was in the G League, I just made sure to, you know, I just took that time to just learn about the NBA game and, uh, you know, really just develop, develop my game and see my, my pick my spots um, as well as I could without have, having to have the NBA action. Right. Um, and when I got in it and when I got time in the NBA, I took that as a learning experience too, um, knowing that, you know, it wasn't going to be the easiest thing in the world to just go from playing in the G, uh, averaging about 25, playing like 30 some minutes to now playing like 10, 10 minutes at most if I got in. Oh, so sorry. I knew it was going to be, yeah, I knew it was going to be different. Um, but yeah, like transitioning to that second year, I felt like, all right, I, I played enough games. I feel like I learned, I learned a lot. Um, so I know at least what to expect out of this next year. I know where my spots are at, this and that. And it took me a while to get opportunity. Honestly, it took me like, 
four to five months into the season and um, guys started getting hurt. So, you know, my coach, a funny story about that, like we played Golden State twice. Mm. The first time we played Golden State, it was actually this. So this was around COVID because COVID happened in my rookie year. Yeah. So this is my going into my second year and COVID is still happening. So we're having a test before games, mm. things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of guys were hurt that the first time we played the Warriors. My test came back inconclusive. I didn't know. So, and so, yeah, so I'm literally warming up and they came out onto the court and grabbed me off the court and was like, we got to test you again. The test didn't the test didn't say anything until like halftime. And by that time, it was like, but the game's over. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So I didn't even get the opportunity when I was supposed to. Right. At that moment over a faulty test. I was so hot. That's I was crazy. So hot. For real. <laughs> so um, you know, two days later, we're we're still in San Francisco and now we need to play him a second time. And my test came back good. I, all right, boom. So now I got to play. And coach put me in the second quarter. And I remember going in. I think I scored like my first, first time I caught, I think I scored. And I was like, okay, this is going to build my confidence a little bit. Then I like turned the ball over, trying to do a little bit too much after that. Mm-hmm. And then I sat right back down. So you know, I, I was like, this is going to be more of a mental test for me right here. Like, if I go back in, I got to make sure, like, this, that little five minutes didn't affect me. And so he put me back in, like, the start of fourth quarter. And in that quarter, I scored 12 points. So basically a point a minute. And that was, like, the first NBA action, um, you know, when we weren't getting smacked and something like that. So... After that game, I was I just kind of had a lot more confidence about okay, well, if I continue to do this, then I'm gonna be able to make a name for myself in the league. And right after that game, I went, I wanna say about 15 games of scoring double digits. Yep. So going from not playing at all to scoring double digits in every single game and even winning a couple games for us, it was like, all right, that's that's two it. totally different. Two totally different worlds. But you, but you see, though, like, and this is what I always try to explain on here. We get people get caught up in the numbers, right? They just see what the numbers are, but it's so much depth behind the numbers that you actually see. For why a guy is putting up a certain, especially with role players, especially right. with guys that aren't the focal point of the offense. So much of those percentages, so much of those, you know, assists and the turnovers being controlled and all that depends on the momentum, rhythm, and the confidence that's instilled you, instilled in you from coaching staff, teammates, and things like that. Yeah. And that can be a very, especially young, early on, with all this talent coming in, the league moving so fast. You've probably seen it, man. You've heard about it all the time. So many good players, their window closes really <laughs> out of nowhere, right? What was that anxiety like? Because I know as a competitor, those are sometimes sleepless nights, right? One second. Those are sometimes, you know, sleepless nights for guys where it's like, you don't know what the future holds because it's not fully in your control. You know, basketball is a team sport and there's a million and one things going into it at the NBA level. That situation and the opportunity eventually did come and you maximized it and you capitalized on it, you know, but how 
you know, take me through the mental side of like, is it going to come? What if it doesn't come? What if I don't perform when it doesn't come? You know, like, how was that? I mean, for me, for me, it, I matured a lot through that. Um, that. That was my first time ever not being the guy on the team. I was always the star player. I was always the guy that looked at like, here, take the ball and, and do what you do, run the offense. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I didn't really, I, I tried not to see it as a negative. I tried to see it as a positive to where it's like, all right, this is gonna teach me how to be more efficient because I don't know when that next shot's coming. I don't know when I'm gonna touch the ball next. So now I'm gonna, I'm gonna use those times. It's gonna be 100%, make sure I make the, uh, the most efficient play. And so to answer your question, I would say that the, the mental side of it, I made sure to stay locked in day in and day out. I wasn't playing. So the moment I stepped on the court rookie year, the practice court, I made sure to continue to practice and uh, all my workouts were game, game speed. Make sure to game speed because if I'm out here going through the motions just because, oh, I'm not playing right now, yep. this and that, then I would have got out there and probably bombed it. But I was going hard. I was, after, after our practices, I would stay at extra one, one and a one and a half hour, two hours, and just 100% just get a bunch of shots up, um, all that game speed, kind of like I would have basically do two practices. Cause it was like, oh, well, I'm probably not gonna play today. So might as well get some type of work in. Right. Um, and as I started playing, I, I had to make sure to cut those down. But yeah, I just always made sure, all right, let's stay locked in as if I was playing 30 minutes a game. And your numbers called. That's the key. A lot of guys fold, though. A lot of guys fold in that process right there, you know, because it takes time, you know, unless you're, your second round pick, especially, nothing's guaranteed. You really got to go earn it. And, uh, you know, just to see that you were a guy that, like, you know, you approached it like a pro, that's the key. And I think that's the message for a lot of guys coming in, like, I think this is going to pay dividends going long run of your career, you know, where you can mentor the next guy coming in and let him know that though you may not be playing, approach today's workout to get better because your number will eventually get called. So now let's fast forward to that. Number gets called. The thing that stood about you and, and, and as skilled as you are, you always had a motor, even, even going back AAU, um, you know, Garfield, like high school, and then, you know, seeing you even in the G League, you saw it. Uh, UW, obviously, you know, you were – high motor, high energy, playing hard every single possession. You know, if you weren't scoring the ball, you would be able to do other things on the basketball court. Is that something you always had? Is that more of a physical trait, like athleticism-wise, or is that more so just like a mentality? It's definitely a mentality. I mean, there's, there's guys that are more athletic than me that don't have the same motor. Yep. And those guys didn't make it to the league. They just made it to sometimes high school, sometimes was able to get to – college level and uh, not saying going college and not making it is wrong because it's a very small percentage of guys that do make it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some guys, if they had that motor, probably would have made it. So I definitely say it's motor. It was ever since I was growing up, I always had a, um, had a, had a killer mentality. I always wanted to, um, I didn't want to embarrass the next guy, but I was always like, well, I'm going to go at whoever it is. I'm going to try to give them. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Was that just something you had from 
from from the jump, or is that something like your upbringing, anything like that, that made you into that type of player? Well, it, it was. I, I I would say it's really my upbringing. Like I wasn't really born like that. I'm I'm really a, a nice, chill. I'm really a chill guy. Like I, I'm not really. I'm not an intense person. I'm really just laid back. Mm-hmm. But with playing the sport of basketball and, you know, really my pops, my pops, me and him had so many talks and um, he kind of, he definitely instilled that in me. He would literally, like if there was a game where I was kind of on my chill side, he'd pull me to the side like, yo, you BSing, like stop doing this. And if there was a game I was doing too much, he's like, yo, like you're doing way too much, pass the ball, like something like that. So he created a balance for me within the game to where don't overdo it, but like definitely right. don't underdo it. So he created that balance of, you know, just be your best because be, and be smart about it. Use your, use your mind when you're playing, right. not just your athleticism because athleticism goes away at some point and what are you going to have after that? especially at the pro level. So like, cause you become normal athletically cause there's so many freaks, um, you know, you, you got a lot of guys in that Seattle region that, you know, one thing you guys have a real good advantage of, and it's not talked about enough, is it's a pro region, Jamal Crawford, Brandon Roy, Isaiah Thomas, Zach Levine, it's stacked. It's one of the most stacked markets of Hoopers. Um, yeah. You came up in that, when did you know that, you, you know, like you can make the league and, and, and you could be a guy that can, you know, get paid to play basketball for a long time. When did that moment click for you? It clicked pretty early. It was like probably like sixth grade, mm. sixth grade. And then, you know, things kept happening as I got older to right. like continue to show me. But sixth grade was like the first time where I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit different. Like, yeah. like there's a pool of guys, but like I was always – they always had me like number one, number two, like in my class. And I was okay, well, I could, I could, I could definitely get paid to play this game. I could definitely get to the league. And, you know, I watched a lot of Kobe and MJ. Yeah. And um, you know, when when people started comparing my mid-range game to like a Kobe and things yeah. like that, I was like, oh, damn, maybe, maybe I couldn't, I can do this thing. Can can work, I can do that. And um, one one thing that, I, another one is like, like eighth grade year. Yeah. I, me and Jamal played one-on-one. Uh, I think it was three games. He beat me twice, but I beat him once. Well, you got him once? I got him one time. And ever since then, I was like, okay, well, I beat the sixth minute of the year. I beat, <laughs> I beat this dude like, man, I got, I got something. Are you certified if you beat Jamal one-on-one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next time you talk to him, ask him about it. <laughs> I will remember for sure. I will. I will. I might even post that part, you know. But um, you know, with uh with that with that region of ballers right there that you guys got in Seattle. Um one thing I learned that you guys really, you know, own the fundamentals of the game. You know, uh what was your training like going into this? Like I know you guys now are really busy with AAU, your summers are, you know, you were EYBL, right? Yeah. Rotary? Seattle Rotary, yep. Yeah, so you you guys were on the circuit and all that. What's the day-to-day? Because I know you you got to put in a lot of extra work beyond that, right? That no mm-hmm. one sees, uh, you know, your track work, weight room, you know, skill work. Take me through that part because that's, I think, is the most real part 
the shit that happens when the lights aren't shining, you know? Yeah. So, man, ever since I was in fourth grade, so my second year playing AAU was when I started doing like the extra, extra work. Uh, my first year, I was just kind of getting into it. And, uh, you know, it was, I was still very young and, you know, it was just that first year. So we, we as a family tried to figure out everything, like how to, how to move and, you know, all these tournaments on the weekend and stuff. So after that year, I was, I was able to, okay, I know, we know how to move. We know how my schedule here and there, we know the school time, have the homework. Um, so I started working out every, other than our practices, I started working out every um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. After, yeah, so four, four times, four times a day extra outside of practice. Yeah. It would be for like two hours each. I would go with, um, he was a coach at Rotary. His name is Adam Sidlick. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's actually where my, my mid-range came from. Like, yeah. I would shoot, I, yeah, when you say 10,000 hours, like, it, it was definitely 10,000 Mid-range to this day is very, you know, sharp. I see it right away in the league, you know, but go on. Yeah, that, yeah, that's all from Adam and just us working on that yeah. consistently every single time we was on the court. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's where that started. I didn't do any track work really until high school. Okay. And then I ran, I actually ran track um, for two years. Yeah. I ran, I ran the 100, 200, and the 400. I hate running. But I feel like that's where a lot of the athleticism came from, a lot of the flexibility. Yeah. Um, so I definitely respect the track work. I still do it to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you know how important it is. Yeah, yeah. My, my pops actually forced me to do it. Yeah. And I was not trying to do it, but at that age, yeah. Yeah. My cut my pops was like, yo, we're gonna we're gonna get this track workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you gonna run, like you don't gotta win everything, but you for sure are gonna do this. And I did. I didn't say no. And it paid off. So um you're talking about the mid-range game. You came into a league that kind of is abandoning the mid-range in a way. The NBA is really, and I'm at times critical of it, is the only league that is now played like this where the analytics have spaced it out to the point where you guys are all on an island, right? And it's, how, it's a lot of pick and roll. It's a lot of isolation for the most part. And what ends up happening is it's a, it's a you know, you, you got to make that adjustment. It's a lot of drive kick. It's a lot of catch and shoot. It's a lot of three and D, right? Was that a shocker at first when you got in um, to the league? Because even even AAU in college, it's not to that extent, right? Yeah. How was that transition where you're like, whoa, like this is different, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was very different. Um, I actually came in with guys who were um, under the Houston Rocket like system. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were the guys that were known for starting the the you know no mid range. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. So yeah, when yeah. I came in. They were telling me to shoot no mid-range. Um, and I was just like, man, like, I understand that. But it's like a layup to me. So right. so I, 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 I bided it by it at first. I didn't really have to because down in the G League, they, they kind of let me do me. 
But when I came up, I abided by it at first. And then I just was like, man, I'm going to have to prove to them that this is a layup for me. Right. So I just started to shoot them. And as time got on, I guess they looked at the percentages and they were just like, yo, we are fine with you shooting that shot. And honestly, I love, I love that shot because one, no, like nobody really works on it anymore. No, it's a lost art. So at the end of the day, nobody's looking to guard it. Right. So when I come off that pick and roll, a lot of times the big is dropping. Yep. So that's just layup after layup. I don't have to go in and try to go chest to chest, try to dunk on them the whole time. Yeah, like, exactly. It makes your game so much easier, right? Um, yeah. I see you hit that one dribble, the one will pull up really well, you know, coming off that screen. Do you, is that like something that's now you consider you have the green light to do fully? Yeah, that's sure. That's hard to get. A lot of guys, they can do it, but they're not allowed to get a rhythm going with it. Um, yeah. Now let's fast forward to today. Minnesota Timberwolves, you guys are taking off. You, you seem to be a part of that core, you know? Um, and you guys, look, you guys had a great run. I thought you could have beat Memphis. I thought you were going to beat Memphis. You should have. Um, talk to me about this squad because – it took years for them to get to this point. You guys got Anthony Edwards, Cat. Uh, now you got Rudy. But like before, let's just talk about pre-Rudy now, right? Let's talk about what you've literally been there. You've been a part of the build. How's that been and seeing it every single day? Man, it's, a lot of people don't understand. It's been a long road. Like, yeah. there, A lot of guys are just like, damn, this is like out, outside of the team. But people on the outside looking in are like, well, it just came out of nowhere. Like, no, no, that was far from it. Like, from the time I came in, that year that I came in, we were the – we ended up losing so many games that we had the worst winning percentage or whatever. It's either the worst winning or losing percentage in American sports history. Wow. And <laughs> I remember the exact game we lost that made us do that. And – I remember being so devastated, like, like, damn, like this is just the toughest thing ever. I've never been on the losing, right, losing team. Yeah. Um, so that was really rough. But at the end of the day, to see where we were, and then like all the small steps, like all these trades, like we had so many trades that were like four or five, six players all at one time, and we just get yeah. new guys, and then another four or five, six, and another one. How was that? it was different. Like I've never been a part of something like that before. This, that was when I knew I was like, it's a business. Yeah. And that was when I found out it's a, it's a real business. Like literally one day you're cool. I was close with these guys. And then the next day they don't even come into the locker room anymore. It's crazy. A bunch of new guys. Right, right, right. And there was one time where we traded away like five players. And when we had like seven, eight on the bench, Damn, I, I know when that was, yeah. Yeah, so. That's crazy. <laughs> and then, even you yourself are like, damn, am I going to get traded at that point, right? Honestly, no. Um, when my agent and the, the GMs and the, the head of the teams were talking, they were just like, man, we see the potential. Yeah. And as time got on and they traded more guys, it started getting from the potential to, no, he's going to be a core piece. Yeah. And now we're here. So 
honestly, you know, it's just a blessing to come in, be the second round guy who they thought was just, you know, going to be two and done. Right. To now being a core piece of a playoff team. Man. It's just, it's just so amazing. It's, 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 and like you said, it takes so much out of your control to get to this point. Yeah. But also, you stayed ready, which is huge. And now you are in a really good situation where mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards, who I think can be probably a top five player in the league soon. Yeah. You got Cat. He's been doing this. Um, D'Lo, you know, like you got a really good core there. Rudy Gobert is there now. You know, you just came off a playoff run. You know, Minnesota was rocking, obviously. How was this postseason? What did you learn this year? Because this has to be, right, like you're leveling up now. You're leveling yeah. up as an individual, but it's happening on a winning stage. How's that make you feel? And, and how's this process changed you? Man, this, I can't wait. I can't wait. One, that, that's like a, I'm just so excited to, to get started. And, you know, to have Rudy, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun uh, seeing our pick and roll game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think a lot of the fans, you know, I, that's really what has been being said to me on, like, the gram and, like, Twitter. They're just like, bro, we cannot wait yeah. to see that, that Jalen Rudy pick yeah, and roll. That lob, the mid-range, you got a really lethal weapon there, right? Yeah. So, you know, I can't wait for that. Uh, but, you know, the, the level up and what I learned in the playoffs, you know, I didn't – I played probably about – I played one game in the playoffs. And it was really garbage time. We were down a lot. So I got to watch and see how the game is played. It's a lot slower. It's a lot more methodical. Right. It's a whole different sport in the playoffs. Whole different sport. So um, and with me, I, it was a lot of one-on-one play. Two. Go get a bucket. Go get a bucket. So I see that. And it's very intriguing because I'm like, man, that's my game. Yep. Just put the ball in my hands and just let me go one-on-one, try to get a bucket. You fell into a role, but, like, your ability to cook and then go get your own shot is what stood out when you were out here, you know? So, like, a lot of guys at the NBA level, what happens is they're bucket getters. Their stats may not say that, right? They may not say, oh, he's going to go off for 20 or 25. But you could get a bucket when it's time to get a bucket. And that's what the Seattle Hoopers do. When do you think you'll be at that point? You know, is that something you feel like you have to continue to carve yourself into where – because it takes a lot from the coach's trust point, from trust factor and your teammates for you to be able to rock out. Is that something you prove in practice? Is that something you kind of, you know, have to go get on your own in games? Or is it just like in the moment you just come through? It's it's a mixture of everything, honestly. All of those. Like, you got to do it in practice because that's what's going to turn the heads. Yeah. Then when it comes to the game time, they want to see that you can do it in the game because there's there is such thing as as a practice player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they want to make sure you're not one of those. Right. And then when the time comes, it's more it, it, like you, everybody knows that you, okay, you can do this second quarter, third quarter, but when that time comes and it's about the end of the game and it's that crunch time, can you do it then too? Yeah. So I've been able to be put in those positions where, you know, practice, got buckets, Game time got buckets. They kept me in at the end of the game yep. for, you know, some games this year, and I was able to succeed and help us win and get buckets. Right. So, like, your role now, you feel like you've settled in your role in Minnesota? Um, I, I, think, I, I think I have settled in my role 
but not settled in a way where it's like, this is the only thing. Your ceiling is still high. Yeah, like this is like, I'm not saying this is my my ceiling right here. Like right here is where I'm going to be at forever. Right. Like I still, I'm, I'm huge on growth. Yeah. So every day I'm going to be growing. So eventually my role can change. Um, but that's really not in my control. It's all about right. what situation I'm in and things like that. And right now I'm coming off the bench and I'm looked at to be the spark for the offense. Yeah. So that's the role right now. And that's, that's, that's a good role because that's a high ceiling role, you know, because yeah. uh, as you know, the guy that comes off the bench, oftentimes the sixth, seventh man. And, you know, you saw it with Jamal, you guys, the GOAT of Seattle, right? Like, yeah, you could take a game over. You could you could break a game open by yourself, right? And the good thing for you is there's been a lot of guys in the NBA, like a Kawhi or a Jalen Brown, or like even an OG Ananobi is happening right now as we speak, where they start coming into their own as a scorer, right? Um, with you, is it is it it's, it's going to be different because like you already have those instincts, you already have that touch. You got to more so tap into it and now do it on the pro level, right? Um, how do you how do you do that with a guy like Anthony Edwards, a super mega talent, you know? Um, a guy like Cat, even a guy like Russell, that like they they were drafted to do that, right? So like it's it's a different challenge for you, right? And, and the good thing with you is that you've fallen into a role that's really valuable where you could do a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. That's probably the thing that's getting you paid. That's the thing that's keeping you, you know, in in a consistent mode. And you have this mindset of like I could do more, I could be more. Um, is that something that like, you know, you just got to go with the flow and see where it goes, but just keep working on those things in the game, in practice every single day, day after day in the off season? Yeah. Uh, but the dope thing about all those guys you just named, D'Lo and Kat, they all trust me. So there's times where, where they're, they're probably tired or they see they don't have anything and they're just like, oh, Jay's there. All right, boom. And they're like, yo, go do you right now. Like, you know, every time I step on the court, um, Deal looks at me and is like, man, you know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Cat looks at me, you know what to do. So yeah. the leaders of the team have given me major confidence and are looking at me and like, yo, we know what you can do. Go do it. We are not going to sit here and hold you back from being yourself. That's dope. This Memphis series, you know, it was, uh, it had the whole league talking. All eyes were on that series. Hard fought. You guys defended them really well. I thought you guys were the best matchup for the Memphis Grizzlies all playoff pretty much. Um, I thought you played them better than the Warriors, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you learn? You know, because obviously the game you learned really in the playoffs, everyone defends, everyone can read everything. Everyone knows what your next set's going to be. That's when you almost got to break down the defense on your own, right? But like, what else did you learn about the game and your guys' team specifically from this Memphis series? Man, I learned that... I learned that we can fight through adversity, you know, like there was a lot of times where we should have just folded. Yeah. But we still fought, even though we didn't come out with necessarily, necessarily like wins, we still fought right. as much as we could. Yeah. So the, the mental toughness of our team is, is good, but I definitely think it's getting better. Like, I think it's going to be to the point where we don't crumble at all. I think you guys. I think you guys can contend. People think it's crazy to say that. I really think, because the NBA now, bro, it's not about the superstar and the super team anymore. It's about yeah. depth. It's about execution. Because 
teams, everyone's scoring. Everyone has this young talent. There's so much talent, right? You all can, like a cat and Edwards can match up with anyone, right? Yeah. Um, you, you know, you might get a LeBron and AD, they combine for 80, but cat and whoever who said they can't do that, right? Like there's so much of a talent balance. I love it, which gives teams like you guys a really good shot because you have those other pieces like yourself. You have other guys like a, uh, you know, Malik Beasley got traded, but like you had guys that can go in and now you're going to have them again where they can go in and make an impact outside of the main, you know, nucleus of that squad. Right. I think next season going in, what are the expectations with you guys now bringing in Rudy? um, You know, you guys, I think have a, a really good opportunity to do something and go deep. Yeah, I, that's definitely our mindset. We want to go deep. We want to we want to be the best version of ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like we we've all been talking in the group chat. We're we're making sure that we we, we come together. Because one thing that was a big difference from last year's team than all the other teams, which um, ended up being like you know losing teams. Mm-hmm. We were really close last year. Yeah. Like as a group, it was the closest group I've I've been a part of in since the NBA. Only granted, it's only been two years, yeah. but that was the closest team, and you could kind of see it on the court to where we trusted each other in their in in their each other's roles. And um, you know, if one guy was down, we made sure I right, I know what he likes to do. Let me try to be that when they're down. Yeah. They're not playing or something like that. Like there was a bunch of games where certain guys didn't play that they expected us to lose. But we ended up winning that Boston game, for example. Right. Everybody expected us to lose that. Yeah. And around. I, I remember being so mad before that game because uh man, some like a bunch of guys were calling me like, like, man, I see, I see you guys don't got this guy, that guy. And they're like, man, just go out there, play hard. Right, I'm like, bro, just play hard. Like, y'all making it seem like it's just a throwaway game. Right. So I came out automatically just fire lit. Yeah, yeah. 29, yeah. I remember that you were hitting threes, making shots. That's like who you were, right? And you you kind of tapped back into that on that night. But that's dope, man. It's so great having you on, bro. Like, it's so – this journey that you're on right now is, is – it's like a rare, rare one in a million type scenario, man. So like, I appreciate all levels of talents. Tell me a little bit, little finisher. Who are some guys that you've now gone up against in the league um, that you may have looked up to where it was like, yo, like this dude is different. Like I got a lot of work to do. First one, I'll say um, Kyrie. Yeah. Kyrie has a stupid bag. You know, like the most skilled point guard to ever do it in my mind. Oh, for sure. Definitely up there, like, and it's to the point, man. All I wear, all I wear is Kyrie's, <laughs> like, that's like for sure, like. So going and being able to go against him, being able to guard him, and like see how he moves, and you know, I still, I still move from it, like, yeah. on an everyday basis, man. So, you know, he's he's definitely one guy. You know, Steph, Steph is just different. Man. He's, yeah, he's different, bro. He's just out of this world. Right. The type of shots he makes and the type of joy he plays with, too, like his personality on the court. He's like a kid playing in his backyard, right? Yeah. Like, he's just out there having fun. He's just out there having fun. It's like, I, I don't – you don't really see that. You don't really see that too often in the league. Like, no, you don't. 
but and you know you got Braun, KD, James Harden, like top of the top, and seeing Cat and Ant and D'Lo every single day, it's just amazing. Like to watch those guys working, yeah. how they lead us as a unit, um, it's just dope. Like there's so many good guys in the league. Um, yeah, you find out how how rare this level really is, right? When you see those guys, because like all you guys. We're the best in high school, where you came from, your city, you know, your, your college. And then you get to that level and it's like, okay, reset. Look at these monsters, right? Going through that process. Yeah. It's just crazy to see how many different dudes came from different parts of the world that are on that journey and just have those gifts like a Kyrie, just counters on counters on counters. Yeah. You know, and the bag is so deep. Does it re-inspire you? Does it, does it, you know, recharge you as a player? For sure. Like there's days where I get up and I'm like, bro, you know, today because you playing every single day you know it's it, it gets tough sometimes but you know I just turn on I literally just turn on some like Kyrie highlights and I just instantly get rejuvenated like all right I'm about to go I'm about to go hoop too like I'm about to go try this move and try that like that's so, so good bro yeah like so I get inspired by all that I turn on some Jamar Crawford Brandon Roy like even like all these guys, I just turn them on, and as soon as I start watching them, I get instantly inspired. Kobe, MJ. Those are, those are pure hoopers right there, man. The guys that really master their craft and just, just demoralize defenses, man. Like, the, the yeah. most fun type of guy to watch and play with, man. So, I appreciate you for coming on, bro. You got such a bright future. Continue to stay humble. Continue to work and own your craft, man. We're going to be following you, covering you um, as you grow, as years go on. And um, anytime you in Seattle, hit me and we're going to link up, bro. Hey. All right, brother. Thank you. I know. I appreciate you. Appreciate it, bro. Peace. Peace.